It's just as big to each family, and that's something that I'll never forget. Tom and Jerry Wright. Corn dog motion. Arguably the best region in all of, you know, 6A now. You know, there's, there's, I know, weird to say. Because the players want to play. Play, 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 play. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown. It's caught. Hartman caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won. The entire bench empties, chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Courtesy of our friends at Westwood One Sports, Kevin Harlan crushes it in overtime, as he always does on play-by-play of the Roman numeral classic. And there are ties to the state of Georgia in it. We'll get into that in just a little bit. It's another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. John here, Hannah there. It's the offseason, but there's no real offseason. But we did get to watch a game that meant something to the planet to start things off. Yes, we did. This is a recruiting podcast, but we have to yeah. give a, a shout out to the big game. Yeah. What'd you do for the Super Bowl? I, I was just locked into it. Uh, I, I'm one of those guys like late. Big the f- Tony Romo fan? No. I thought you liked his call. I, I liked his call. I thought his call was great. I think that, I mean, there are other analysts that I like. I like Greg Olson on, on Fox, but I liked how Tony handled it in the fourth quarter and in overtime specifically. Uh, you know, I think that they might have told him just to kind of dial it back a little bit. You know, don't don't be at 78 RPMs. Just kind of go back to maybe 33 and a third or 45. You don't have to do things so quick. You don't have to do wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of stuff. I think he was great in the fourth quarter and in overtime, and he had – all of the the pick plays and everything all diagnosed. That's right. You can't say pick. By the way, here's the here's the play, here's the name of the play call okay. of the game winning touchdown. Okay. Tom and Jerry Wright. What? Corn dog motion. I did hear Patrick Mahomes talk about corn dog <laughs> in his post game interview. Yep. Tom and Jerry Wright. Corn dog motion. Wow. And so now you, we know. Well, and you can and if you visualize the play in your head, you know who Tom is and you know who Jerry is. Yeah. Travis Kelsey's Tom. Yes. And Nicole Hardman from Elbert County High School in Bowman, Georgia, is Jerry. Is Jerry. And Corn Dog, corner motion. Nice. Because the, the the cornerback was frozen and he paid attention to the first receiver that went out in the pattern, which was Tom, Travis Kelsey. Look at you breaking it down. Which John. left the the right off the line of scrimmage toward the sideline, wide open, and that was where Nicole Hardman slipped out and you end up getting a touchdown. But Two players from the Westminster School. Hey, John, didn't we say we weren't getting in the weeds? We're not. <laughs> I, I just thought that was I'm the getting, conversation I'm getting had. into the players. Okay. John, we all know you're a Swifty, too. Big, big Swifty, right? I, I dig the relationship. I absolutely do. You love all things Taylor Swift. I might know two songs. Okay. But we, no, we, Har- we're not supposed to get into the weeds. No, so, no, no. But Harrison so, Butker and a teammate from the Westminster mm-hmm. School and Nicole Hardman from Elbert County High represent whoop whoop. You want a you want a, a planetary championship. Butker set the record for longest field goal in a Super Bowl with that impressive fifty seven yarder. Truman Jones, the other player from Westminster. Yeah, very, very cool to have three representatives and Chris uh and uh you had a, a receiver for Chris Conley, the wide receiver for yeah. the 49ers who went to North Paulding. So, yes, well-represented state of Georgia. Yeah, lots of UGA players on the field as well, but that's a whole other That's a podcast. different show. That's a whole other that's show. That's a different show than this whole one. Whole other podcast. 
Our new podcast, Beyond the Lights, will dive into this a little bit more about the Georgia high school players. I believe we call that a tease. That played in the Super Bowl. So that'll be coming out in just a few weeks. Yes. So subscribe here to get the update for that. Okay. Okay, John. Yes. It's time to talk recruiting. Sure. And signing day. Signing day. Which was last week. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking to one of the top coaches in the entire state about this. Yep. That's Colquitt County head coach Sean Calhoun. Signing day was last Wednesday. The Packer had 12 players ink their names Mm -hmm. in addition to the five who signed on early signing day back on December 20th. The interesting thing about this, John, and this is something we're going to talk about with Coach Calhoun, all 12 of those players that signed last week did not go to Power 5 schools. Why is that? I I think that, and we can ask Coach Calhoun about this in the, the general sense, these were players that went to Division II, Division III, NAIA Junior College. That's where that's where we are right now, at least in the situation in Moultrie. And like I said, we can break it down with Coach Calhoun coming up in just a little bit. But the way things are now, with the signing day that we had in December, where you get all the glitz, all the glamour, what used to be the signing day in February is now the signing day just after the championships and just before Christmas, where everyone's early enrolling, you're going to the Power Fives, And what it has done is basically create a large trickle-down effect where if you were an athlete that was waiting for traditional signing day, meaning February, and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm going to a Power 5 school. Now all those Power 5 slots might be taken up by athletes who are enrolling early. You get past that. Then you get into the portaling window, and then you get past that, and that's where we are now in February. So those athletes that for whatever reason, one reason or another, might have been power fives, might be looking as make that kid an offers for group of fives and for one double A and for division two and division three. So what you thought might be the next level down or the next level down or the next level down, and I think it's a challenge these days for coaches when it comes to juggling December signing day, the portaling window, and trying to communicate with your student-athletes, okay, well, we think you're well enough to do here, but then because of A and B, you're going to have to do C, and that's where we were with the signing day here in, in February. And the interesting thing is in the past couple of years, we used to do a national signing day show. Mm-hmm. Now we do the show on Early National Signing Day. Yes. That's when all the big names go. That's when your Twitter's blowing up, your phone's blowing up. Now... This February signing day is kind of quiet. It is. It is. There are very few decisions among all of the the big names that we're used to seeing on all the boards that you and I follow and that Matt follows and Rusty Mansell and everybody that we gravitate toward. A lot of those slots, I think there might have been one in the top 50 that was delaying a decision until this past window. So all of these Power 5 slots... They're all taken up for the most part. And so now it's like, all right, so it's February. What's left on the table? And so you're, I, mean, I don't want to say it's, you know, table scraps or anything, but it's like, exactly, it's, but it's, it's the leftovers. Hard. It's the leftovers. And it's hard, especially for athletes that you and I know and everybody out there that's watching or listening knows that are incredibly talented athletes. And it's almost like make that kid an offer has taken an additional step, but it, now it applies to February signing day. So why even wait? I mean, it could be any number of things. It could be your own academics. It could be, you know, that you don't have enough credits and you still have to get everything done by May and all those kinds of stuff. So it's just a variety of factors. There are those athletes that, you know, uh, get all their credits done. Then there are those that are just on the regular schedules. And for whatever reason, one reason or another, they don't early enroll. They are enrolling normally. And it ends up being, uh, it ends up holding them back from maybe their first choice of institution. 
And now you've got the the portaling in the middle of all this. Yes, and that's another rule <laughs> in and of itself that uh, has once again you 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 basically have sandwiched portaling in between the two signing day windows, and you you it used to be A and B, you know, December February, but now with the portaling window jammed in there, B is now C, and you're like, okay, so what's left here? So I had this offer, you know, and like I said, we'll get into it with Coach Calhoun because. It's an interesting challenge, at least for those of us that cover, and I just wanted to know what it's like for someone who was able to send 17 student athletes, Mm -hmm. both Power 5, Group of 5 in November, and the D2, D3 NAIAs that we had this past time, how much of a challenge it is now with all these different windows and having to juggle portaling and all these kinds of things. Why do they have the portaling before the bowl games? That is a question for folks in Indianapolis. I just, it that is not a question sense. that I can answer. Well, welcome to life in Indianapolis. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the the uh, the folks that are supposed to be dealing with the National Collegiate Athletics and the association therein. Let's get Sean's take on all this. He might be able to idea. answer some of these questions Help. for us. Here is Colquitt County head coach Sean Calhoun. Hey, Coach Calhoun, thanks for joining us today. I know John interrupted the Usher halftime performance to text you last night. What did you think about Usher and representing Atlanta? Well, thank you for having me as always. Uh, what an incredible halftime show. <laughs> and uh, and uh, John definitely didn't didn't uh, interrupt everything. So we were at a little get together with one of the assistant coaches and there's probably I bet there was ten little kids running around, so I didn't hear one one word of the uh, of the halftime show. But um, from what I saw, though, it was really good. It was it, really good. It looked great. <laughs> it looked amazing. It looked absolutely amazing. Uh, first question for coach. So we're here to talk about recruiting and signing day, and obviously get an update on you and your team. Signing day last week. Overall, how do you think things went for the Packers? Uh, things went awesome. Um, definitely the biggest class that I've ever been involved in as as a head coach. Uh, we had six at the early signing period in December and had 11 this past Wednesday. So a total of 17, which I think is the second highest that we've ever had here in Packer football history. So it was um, it was something great. Um, you know, outside of graduation, uh, signing day is my most favorite day of the year. Um, just you truly see lives change uh, between these kids and these families and and uh, just, uh, you know, so we so it's a true, true celebration. And uh, there was a lot of community members and, you know, um, school personnel there. So it was it was a uh, special day for sure. Let me ask you this, though, when it comes to how things are these days, you know, when those of us of a certain age used to talk about signing day, it used to be this signing day that just happened in February. Now with early enrollment, you have the December signing day, and that's where all of the big names go. They go and early enroll, and they're off to the next stage of their lives. But then you have the portaling window in between the December signing day and the signing day that just passed. And how difficult is it now for coaches, whether casual conversations or or your own anecdotes, how difficult is it now to navigate both November – and a portaling window and get your athletes and your student athletes to where they can sign on the dotted lines in February. How different and difficult is this now? It is very different and and it is extremely difficult. Um, obviously, in my opinion, you're the ones in, in, in December are a little bit easier because uh, those are typically, you know, division one signees and um, depending on their, you know, their, 
obviously level level of talent, there's going to be a lot of colleges that are going to hold a scholarship for them. So, you know, the December signees is not as difficult as the February ones because you're seeing the trickle down effect where lower, um, you know, lower uh, divisions are getting a lot of good players. You know, a lot of division two schools are getting, you know, kids that they normally, you know, couldn't get and, and uh, trickles down. So, us coaches, we really have to do a really, really good job of recruiting for these kids and really trying to get their name out there early um, because obviously with our February signing class, you know, out of those 11, you know, we had NAIA, uh, D2, and junior college, you know, so there wasn't one Division One signee um, in, that, in that February one, and that's probably, you know, unless you have the one who, you know, is going to pick between the multiple hats, um, you know, that that's probably what you're going to see uh, most of, at least for us anyway. When you look at all of these conversations that you're having, you know, you, you mentioned the early part, you know, the summer and in the football season, you get all these visits from all of these big name coaches and everything, the, the power fives, and then the group of fives sit there and they'll knock on your door. I mean, how big is your Rolodex have to be now yeah. to where you're reaching out to folks at Carson Newman and uh, you know Reinhardt, which is developing a program. I mean, how how much time are you devoting to this more than you have in the past because you have to widen your net so much more? Yeah, and to me, I've been very fortunate. Every every place I've been, um, I've really helped in recruiting, and I've kind of been the recruiting coordinator of of where I have been. And so my, you know, Rolodex, quote unquote, um, I have a lot of coaches in my phone, um, which is great, you know, and not for me just to, you know, to beat my chest on that, but it's for us to be able to cast that wide net. You know, we, you know, we send out a kid's film or, you know, a quick little text to, you know, to 20 coaches, you know, hoping to get, you know, three interests, you know, three, four, five, obviously if we get all 20, great. Um, but, you know, I get it. You know, and obviously the lower, you know, the lower division, you know, the more kind of regionally uh, that, you know, that, that they can recruit, you know, due to just budget and everything like that. But um, so our coaches did a fantastic job this year. And um, and what you don't see is, you know, um, obviously we helped uh, one, two, three, three portal kids that, you know, that that, that were once here, um, you know, uh, so, you know, there's a lot more that that's going on that uh, is not on the signing day that that myself and a lot of high school coaches are doing because these kids are entering the portal and we still want to try to find them homes. When it comes to the portal and the trickle down and the signing days, what does it still mean to a town like Moultrie where you can have 17 student athletes go to the next level? And, and you mentioned the the turnout that was there for the signing day that just passed. That's what so it, special. What, seriously, what does it mean to a, a town like Moultrie, a school like Colquitt County, where you can still have this bulk number of student-athletes going to the next level, pursuing both an education and, and maybe an avocation in some manner, way, shape, or form? What, is it, what does it mean with all of this chaos still going on around you that you still have a moment like you had with these past two signing days? It means everything to us because we're, you know, we're promoting our student athletes and it's and it's such a big day for, you know, for our school system, for our for our community, because, you know, we want our kids to leave here and experience, 
you know, different parts, you know, you can't really say the world yet, but, you know, even different parts of Georgia, you know, because out of our 11 signees, I think it was to um, eight different states, wow. you know, and, you know, and so we're really trying to, you know, send kids off. And we always tell them, you, you can come back to Moultrie and raise a family, you know, you can come back here and be a productive citizen here, but, you know, go off and meet people and learn, you know, how other people do things. And, um, and it really makes this community proud because, you know, whether it's that kid who's signing, you know, to NIA or junior college, you know, that's that's their signing day. You know, I mean, regardless if it's in December, regardless if it's in February, I mean, like we had multiple kids going going to Carson Newman. I mean, there were like 20 people in their family with orange Carson Newman shirts oh, on, you know, and, and you know, and so I take a little bit of time and, you know, and brag on each kid and then they get the microphone and, you know, and kind of thank everybody because, that day is truly special, you know, from the night car going to Miami to the kid going to St. Andrews. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's just it's just as big to each family. And, uh, you know, and that's something that I'll never forget, um, you know, every every year that we're fortunate enough to do it. Yeah, Hats off to you, coach, for advocating for your kids and, and working so hard for them. A couple more questions for you. I want to change topics really quick and talk about reclassification. The new Region 1-6A looks like you guys, Camden, Effingham, Lowndes, Richmond Hill, Tiftville, Dosta. What are your thoughts on the, the reclassification and how it all shook out this year? Yeah, so definitely, um, oh, you know, you're hearing rumors, you know, for quite some time prior prior to it. So it was pretty much what we thought. And then actually Effingham appealed. So uh, they're coming out. Okay. And uh, so, so the only, so the only change up for us is Tiff County, which, you know, that's not really a change for us because we play them non-region anyway. So, um, you know, I definitely wish for, you know, for us that we didn't have to go four hours to Richmond Hill, <laughs> yeah. you know, and three, you know, you know, and three and a half to Camden, but you know, that's um, definitely what, you know what we got to do and um it's still really good football down here you yeah. know arguably the best region in all of you know 6a now but um you yeah, know there's there's still <laughs> i know it's weird to say i know uh, but so you know we're still gonna um obviously have to play really really well you know i know we've won the region back-to-back -back years but you know each, each year is a new team new uh you know new uh fight for that number one spot now you know, Camden's going to have a new coach and, you know, Tiff County's going to have a new coach. And, um, you know, so there's definitely going to be some serious change up for sure. And, and at the same time, obviously, now with Effingham dropping out, you've got to find games. Is it is it easier with a, a stacked region now finding opponents or because the region is so stacked and it takes up more than half of your schedule? Is it more difficult to find those games where you want folks to come to the hog pen when it comes to, to filling out your non-region schedule? Is it easier or harder? Very hard. Um, and and every year and it's and it's definitely, you know, nothing that I've done this year. You know, this is us being really good and really consistent you know probably since about oh mm, nine or 10 when we started getting really good you know like we'll pick up the the you know the phone call to call somebody and they just kind of laugh at you and um <laughs> we actually got hung up on one time whoa uh you know one guy said you know heck no and um you know so it's it's and you know and, and obviously we're not the only one but it I mean it's it it's hard because people don't want to play you um you know and we try to you know, and I try to tell them, hey, you know, we just graduated 17 of 22 starters and, you know, and we're going to, 
you know, we're going to be playing a lot of inexperienced kids, but, you know, they still think we're the, you know, the, you know, the back-to-back Kansas City Chiefs or Patriots. You're or not? Bears and, You're not? You know. Uh, the monsters um, of the Moultrie? <laughs> and, you know, so it is very difficult. You know, it definitely took us a while, but uh, we were finally able to uh, to uh, get a schedule down. And it's definitely difficult um, for sure, but hopefully that bodes well for when we get into region play. And if we're fortunate enough to, to make the state playoffs, it kind of prepares you for that. Well, that leads me to my last question, Coach. I know you have a lot of young players that you're training. What are you doing right now in the off season? How are things going? What does your schedule look like? So, schedule for us, we got so many kids doing doing multiple sports that we don't we don't do a whole lot um, after school. Right now, we have first period with our football players, and so we're just trying to do the best we can in the weight room. Uh, obviously really focus on academics, doing a lot of testing, um, doing a lot of, uh, testing in the weight room and, 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 and running and jumping and, and, uh, you know, really just trying to be competitive and doing, doing a lot of competition stuff and just basically seeing how, um, how tough we can be, um, you know, cause if we're not as talented as we have been, uh, we gotta be tough. And, uh, that's kind of what kind of what we're about down here. So if we can be fast and we can be tough, hopefully we can be in these games in the fourth quarter. So um, yes, ma'am. And um, like, I think I looked at our countdown clock and we're like 91 or 92 days before oh. we scrimmage uh, <laughs> uh, Coffee County. So it's, it'll be here before we know it. It's it always all, is. <laughs> it's already here in a bunch of different ways. Uh, Coach, as always, it's great to catch up with you. One of the the deeper thinkers here in the state of Georgia, and especially with all of the topics on the table that we went through today, having to do with signing day and all of the, the dynamics that are attached to it. Thanks, as always, for coming on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, hanging out with us and letting everybody know that uh, things that they may not know about a really tough topic, uh, especially with student-athletes and signing days and portaling and all these things that we didn't think that we need to know about a handful of years ago. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you all for having me, as always, and greatly appreciate what you all do for the state and uh, what you all do for high school football here in the great state of Georgia. And go Packers. Go Packers. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're watching on the video version, mm-hmm. I'm wearing a, a heart sweater. That is a, that is a large <laughs> heart. How, how much of a Valentinesian person are you? Well, first of all, Coach Calhoun loved my sweater and That's wished us mattered. a happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I want to give a quick shout out before I forget. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yes. I love love. Yes. I love love. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Valentine's girl. I am Gifts is not my love language. I am not a gift gal. But I love some fresh flowers mm-hmm. and... I love love. So Valentine's Day is going to be big for my girls this year. I've got little baskets and okay. giving love is is what I like to do. Okay. So, so. I'm down with that. What about you? Uh, what, are you Pat- what are you doing for Patty? Well, I, I have some uh, gifts that are being uh, hopefully shipped. They might make it in time. Mm-hmm. But because we, uh, we're in different parts of the planet, we won't be celebrating on the 14th. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, will ha- we will have the most Valentine's President's Day ever. <laughs> exactly. We're planning it on the 19th yeah. to have dinner, and we usually we will go out, and we don't want to go out. You know what? You don't want to go out on the 14th because everybody goes out on the 14th. Yeah. And so we usually either go early or late. And yeah. so this year we're going late to our restaurant where we had our first date 
that after like the meet and greet, when we started dating seriously, when we started having all of our serious holidays, mm-hmm. anniversaries and such, there's a restaurant that we go to and it's where we had our anniversary dinner and rehearsal dinner and all these kinds of things. So we go there. That's where we're going. And I have some, you know, little tchotchkes. Yeah, that yeah. Are, it's not about the gifts. It's about the time and the effort and, and being with the and ones. And putting up are, with okay, me. We're boring our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Jake has some thoughts to unbore everybody. Okay. So, yeah. So, Snake, all right. It is that time where toward the end of the show, we always like to get your insights on, on this particular sport. And we we tested him this time mm. because traditionally it's about playoffs and high school and getting ready to play for championships. Wanted to ask him about the different championship this okay. time, the Roman numeral okay. classic. And for the professionals here on this planet, as as they were, you know, they were in Las Vegas chasing after a championship. What thoughts do you have for the audience, knowing that you're never wrong on these thoughts? Because we've been told so on social media. What are your thoughts on what happens on the professional side of things, especially with the game that just passed? Thank you, John. Um, an amazing game. A real smash-mouth game of football. It was. Really spellbinding, the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, she looked incredible. Um, <laughs> I got to congratulate her on the new Grammys win. You know, Same, she yeah. just keeps racking them up. Yeah. And I can't wait for the new album. Mm-hmm. So really a great game. Amen. Amen. It's glad that you're that much of a fan of Beyonce. It's it's good to know. Hey, she That's was right. there. Yeah, the Queen B. Yeah, she was she was there and uh, promoting her new album, which is apparently a country album. Country is where music's going. Apparently. Yeah. Uh huh. Apparently. So so you wanted to challenge me on my yes. On if my you're still listening, Taylor Swiftness. If you have made it this far into the podcast, uh huh. We have a treat for you. Yes. We have a we have a treat for you, John. Yes. You, Speaking of Taylor Swift, yes, you wanted you wanted you wanted me to, to you, you're challenging me to my Taylor well, Swiftness. We talked about how big of a Swiftie you were at the top of the show, right? And we cannot play Taylor Swift music no. on the podcast because we would get in trouble. True. So you were going to add a little flair. Yes, I was. A little flair to the podcast. So let's so. see. Let's see how much flair we can add here. Uh, I'm really sorry. Everybody. An emotional reading <clears throat> by Henry Gibson. Sorry, that's your that's your uh, that's your Google reference today, kids. I stay out too late. Got nothing in my brain. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. That's what people say. I did apologize. Mm-hmm. I go on too many dates. Ha ha. But I can't make them stay. At least that's what people say. Mm-hmm. That's what people say. I think I'm supposed mm-hmm. to I think I'm supposed to wrap you now. But I keep cruising. Can't stop, won't stop moving. It's like I got this music in my mind. This is so compelling. Saying it's going to be all right. Because the players going to play, 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 play. <laughs> okay. 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 We, and the haters. That's all we can take. Gonna that's all hate. we can take. That's all everyone can take. Hate, 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 hate. That, that's it. That's it. That's a wrap. Baby, Jeremy, I'm just going to shake Jeremy, it. help me out here. Shake, shake. Shake. I think that's the end of the podcast. Shake it off. Shake it off. I'm loving it. Thank you so much for listening to the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Heartbreakers going to break. Here on GPB Sports. Break, Please break. Please listen, subscribe. Break, break. And do not forget and the to listen to our brand new podcast, Beyond Run the Lights, fake. where we pull back the curtain fake, fake. on the fake, in-depth fake. stories about Baby. how 
I'm just going to shake. Sports shake, in Georgia shake. are so successful. Shake, shake. Thank you, and we will shake it off. See you next time. Shake it off. And I'm so sorry, everybody. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.